This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're coming to you from the Globe Pub again. We were here on Saturday night celebrating after the Bees drew 3-0 with Liverpool. And a lot of people who are probably not Brentford fans thinking, why are you celebrating a draw? We're celebrating a draw because it's, uh, well, we played Liverpool, who are the world champions, league champions, whatever champions they may be. A very, very good team, and we went toe-to-toe with them, and it was an absolutely fantastic game, fantastic result, and everyone was very happy. So we came back to the pub afterwards, and we had a right good drink up, and had a chat and everything like that, like I said to you. And like I said to you, I'm back here at the scene of the crime, and I've got my chums in the house here. I've got Ali Malali in the house here as well. And Saturday was a very good day wasn't it oh Saturday was a, a superb day I've I don't there's no words to describe it it was brilliant absolutely loved every single minute of it and I I think even if even if we'd lost it would still have been a fantastic experience because we played so well and we went toe-to-toe with Liverpool who for me are one of the top three sides of the league at the moment and it's just yeah it was magnificent I thought magnificent fans were magnificent players were magnificent magnificent evening all round Absolutely magnificent seven, as they say. You've got Laney, Laney in the house as well. Listen, good, good day, good, good, good long, long day for us as well on Saturday. It was good, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a good week because of that as well. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not the only fan here that's watched that game, the highlights back. I watched the whole thing back. I saw Sky have replayed it on the Sunday. I watched, I watched the whole ninety again, and I, I can't get bored of watching it. I don't think I'll ever get bored of watching it. And as you say, you know, why are we celebrating a draw? We're celebrating a draw because it's a, it's a coming of age. You know, it's 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 not a cup tie. Um, we are in the right league, and we're playing some of the best football this league is currently seeing at the moment. So, yeah, I, I just chopped up all the all the fan clips from the post-match pod, um, which you'll hear shortly. And the hairs on my arms were standing up because it was it's so good. You know, listen, don't, don't skip it. Just listen to it all over again. It is brilliant what the what the Liverpool fans say at the end and what the Brentford fans are saying just after the final whistle um, uh, it is just a night never to be forgotten and you know we, we'll, we'll beat them at some stage too 
but this is this is like a stepping stone to to a Brentford that is gonna be here for some years to come definitely listen the upbeatness of the podcast at the moment now is actually something to to go with actually it's really really good um listen because you know as, I, I don't i don't know really to say here because like you know i think the one thing about it is though is that you know how big brentford have come right when you start getting messages from all over the place like you know we sort of we get messages left right and center we, and we just thought listen we've got to take a bit of time out to sort of kind of just like reach out to people who have reached out to us as well and i got this message the other day and uh he, he said um great podcast well done against us red so he's obviously a liverpool fan he goes i'll be listening each week from transylvania in romania to follow your progress come on you b second place please mike O. So if you're listening, Myco, listen, uh, I'm not being funny, but we've never, ever got a message from uh, Transylvania before, have we, Lenny? No, obviously we're big up. The Dracula community is, uh, is, is kind of watching us now. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sign. I mean, I, I think the game on Saturday would have been watched in every corner of the globe. I mean, don't you think that maybe they might have, you know, got a little bit bored of watching it? Don't you think it might have been like, p- like pulling teeth or something like that? Then? I haven't got a clue what you're on about. <laughs> As we said, you know, we're, we're besotted the, 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 well, the besotted, the Brentford Fang scene, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> oh, very good, very, very good, Bill. Bloody, br- bloody brilliant. We're <laughs> just the blood stuff in Hounslow, apparently. But uh, so we should go on. But no, um, yeah, I think my co's probably thinking, what the hell are they talking about? I have to switch off now and got listen to. <laughs> the podcast but i think what is i think what is the amazing thing is the fact that you know I, I just thought tell you something i mean transylvania where else are they listening to us and i looked up and i just thought to be honest with you when we started this podcast we saw that we were like number top 10 in vietnam we thought it was a bit of a laugh but i'm looking and we're still right in there like you know we're, we we've got it we dropped three places in vietnam but we're still pretty high in the vietnam charts as well where else do you think that we might be high lady uh, about Panama Any? I don't think Panama's in there but you're quite close actually we're, we're doing fairly well in Chile as well like you know what I'm saying so all the Chilean fans out there listening to us respect to you as well uh, Ali have you got any idea you know I mean I, I know that you've got some of your family and your colleagues who are maybe not based in London who are, who actually know about Brentford now as well don't they uh, yeah my, my family are in Devon so they, they sort of like rather known about my, my dad who's from Stoke-on-Trent is rather excited about the League Cup draw so uh, but yeah they definitely follow Brentford down any other countries that you think that we might be kind of hot in do you think just take a guess Greenland although we might be quite cold in Greenland oh Greenland's not on the he's no, not on the list at the no, moment no. now about Guildford no, well, Guildford is actually in the UK, but it's not actually. But we're doing India, actually. So uh, India, India, we're actually doing really, really well in India. Like you know, we're actually almost at the top fifty in India. I think it is as well. South Africa as well, and South Korea as well. Of course, you know they, they love us as well out there as well. Yeah, and up the north, um, I think we're doing we're doing not too bad out there. So, like I said to you, it's um, what I think this what this has driven home to us now is the difference the Premier League has made. Because, I mean, you're talking about your family, Devin, your, your father-in-law, but what we've noticed is that, even for me, you know, how all of a sudden people are going, hello, Bill, I've, um, you know, I've, 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 oh, I've, I remember you telling me about Brentford, you know, 20 years ago, and, and I, never, I didn't have a clue what you were talking about, but now I know what you're talking about. It's almost like it's that thing that struck home for them. And it's not only for, for you know, other fans or people up around the country as well. It's almost it's for the pundits as well, isn't it? Because, like, we've been trying to ram home to them what we're about and the football that we played. But it's almost like 
we're in the Premier League now. We're not necessarily doing anything different that we did before, but all of a sudden they're just thinking, you know, oh, we actually believe them now. They're actually not bad, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've tried not to listen to too many pundits, or at least not taking too many pundits seriously. I mean, they they don't even know how to pronounce Vitali Yanel, or they don't they they don't really know, even know some of our players. So to kind of take too much of, of what they say um, as as gospel, I think it's a little bit naive. I think I think there are some people that really are, have woken up now and smelling the coffee. I think Jamie Carragher, um, in his kind of dissection of the game um, after Saturday night, was 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 an incredible listen. Um, yeah, he, he picked holes in both teams and the way they defended. But at the end of it, he kind of went. I don't even know why I'm I'm trying to find fault here. He goes, Brentford. The Brentford story is brilliant, and I hope it lasts for years to come. I'm paraphrasing him slightly there, but people are really enjoying Brentford. I think people are really envious of the Brentford story as well. I think I think it's a lot, it's a lot of fans, and I think you know, Jem said it at the end of the, of the podcast. We are having so much fun at the moment. There is no one else in this country having as much fun watching their football as we are. Um, and, and I think people are buying that. You know, the, the stadium, the, the team, Thomas Frank. You know, people are actually getting him now. Before he was, you know, being ridiculed for whatever reason. You know, he's not arrogant. He's just a knowledgeable football brain. Um, and I think... The, the plus side of being under this scrutiny is that real football people are are, are starting to understand now. So we're not, we're not a laughing stock, and we're not these we're not these spreadsheet winkers. We we are we are at the cutting edge, and I think yeah, as I said, I say it again, people are envious of us, em, envious of us, and um, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, because we've been saying this for years, so I feel slightly vindicated as well. That's right, that's right. So listen as well, and, and we're talking about you know the, the reach around the world. I mean, we've had loads of people reach out to us on Kofi. Like I said to you, besotted.com forward slash beer. Listen, big big respect to you for the support that you've given us. I mean, I've, I need to go through because, like I said to you, you've been sort of so mad just kind of concentrating on Premier League stuff as of late. You know, we, we haven't forgotten you, Kofi people. We know you've been there, but we've got to give you a shout as well. Like, you know, Dave brought us a beer recently. Dave brought us a beer recently. He said, don't get to as many games as I used to due to moving away family life, but your podcast is a compulsory listen for us each week and keeps us that can't be there feeling very much part of the club. Love all the guys and features, including JB, Matt, the Winker, and even sometimes controversial Nick, like he says. <laughs> We've got Dave Genford as well. Thanks for Australia. Thanks, a big thank you from Australia. Without you guys, I wouldn't have my Brentford fix for those that really care. So, a nice one for you, David, as well. As well as Mike, as well. Three beers, one for each goal. Love the podcast. I love the post match podcast tonight. Come on, you bees. So, thanks for the three beers. We've actually got three beers around the table here tonight. So, there you go, Mike. Thanks very much for that. Gary bought us a beer as well. He goes, as one of your, and listen, I've got, listen, listen, don't take this the wrong way. As one of your often scoffed newbies, I'm so enjoying the podcast and extending my enjoyment of the season as an irregular attendee to New Griffin Park. Having followed Brentford for a distance before moving to South West London feels 
my, it feels great to begin my journey with you as guides. Listen, Gary, listen, we don't scoff at newbies. We are very happy for newbies to come. But as we said, and we talked about this on podcasts before, we just feel that please, if you're coming in to be a doobie, you've got to, you almost like have an exam to make sure that you do the right things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're not coming to the ground and sitting down and being quiet. You've got to get up and stand and you've got to know all the songs and be excited. And if you can go to away games, it's great. Do all those things. We're happy for you to be on board. So, Gary, we're very happy for you to be on board as a newbie. Yeah, as you say, as you do the right thing, we've got bees in the house, like you know what I'm saying. Will Bursey brought us a beer as well. Love the content, lads. Bees fan from Melbourne, Australia. All the Aussies are getting absolutely potty for it, aren't they? He's in lockdown at the moment, so hopefully you come out and that all good, mate, and you're going to be feeling all good. Brian Torrance, love the stuff beside it. Billy and the boys do and want to help a little bit to keep it up. Thank you, Brian. Boys and girls. Uh, and, uh, he said boys, but boys and girls. I said, yeah, listen, we all know that, Ali, on the correction front as well. Devon, Heifer, I spoke to Devon as well. I'm Devon, I'm a South African, started listening to you guys because of the Hollywood Bet sponsorship with Brentford. So he's feeling the Hollywood Bet's vibe coming from South Africa. So listen, Devon, respect to you. Keep up the amazing work and thank you as well. Anthony Smith, big up. Dan, big up as well. And uh, Namone as well. We, we caught her on the post-match podcast after the Villa game as well. I love your podcast. She says, like a ray of sunshine. Thank you for everything you do. Keir Saunders as well. Love the podcast and the digital work, guys. Until recently, there wasn't much coverage of the bees except you guys. I'm like, okay. And Drew Jardine as well. Thanks to the side Guru and Laney. And he's born and bred in York, he says. Sport bees for ages, you know, but he's always been a bit different, like, you know. And Scott Williams as well, my boy from Tampa as well. He's gone in there and he's given the support as well. Good old Scotty boy. Listen, everybody and everybody else out there, thanks for listening. So many people coming up to us and telling us how much they love the podcast. People, like I said to you, it's not we haven't seen you before. You just, you know, again, we don't know. We've got no idea who you are. So it's actually really nice when you just come up to us and you sort of say the in jokes. A lot of people keep coming up to me saying, listen, and all this kind of stuff they're saying to me. Frank out. Frank in. Frank in. And uh, yeah, listen, really, really appreciate all your support, everybody. But listen, we are, listen, that's right. We've got to have a little break because we're in the globe. Having another beer, sort of slightly after the weekend when we had probably had a few too many beers, like, you know. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about that marvellous game that Brentford had at the weekend against Liverpool. That was uh, stunning. That should have been 5-5. That was the most incredible game I've ever seen. And, I mean, we, we just took it to them. I mean, they're, I mean, they're a bloody class side, but so were we. And, I mean... I mean, literally, it could have been 5-5. We could have won that game in the end. We just took our chances a little better. I mean, oh, I just got no words. I was just stunned by that. We, we are the top half of the Premiership League team now. Let's not lie about it. Liverpool are a fantastic side, and we matched them man for man. And David Raya, with that save in the first half, if that's not down as one of the gold saves of the season... And I'm watching football no more. We gave them more than a good run for the money. At points, they were running scared. We never dominated the game, and they clearly had that little bit of extra class. But this is a game to be proud of. Really proud of. We showed we can match the best of the best. I can't believe it. I thought we were under a spanking. We proved we belong in the Premier League. Now, one of the best teams in Europe, one of the best teams in the world. And they ran from us today. We had them on a run. Oh, this has been unbelievable. The progression, the attack, the forward press. We have made them look like they're scared for the first time this season. And remember, this is a team who in a few games have only let in one goal. This is unbelievable. And we have arrived. 
This shows we are as good as anyone else in the league. Unbelievable stuff. I'm so delighted I'm here. It is amazing. It's what now we deserve. We, we're unstoppable. People should be frightened of what we're doing because we have no fear. Anyway, enjoy. It's brilliant. All immense today. They played superb. I thought Ryer in goal especially deserves a mention. A couple of great saves, but what a night. What a night. Fantastic. You bees. You bees. I, <laughs> okay, if I'm honest, I kind of thought we had this. But I hope for a good game. I hope we go toe-to-toe. I didn't imagine it would be this result. And fair game, you deserve it. Both teams played amazing. Well done. Every single time that Brentford was near our goal, I thought I was going to be sick because you had a chance every single time you were here to score. And that is not what we're used to with Liverpool. Not when we come down to play a team like Brentford. I think you're great. I think you're going to really shake things up. I'm really excited to have you in the Premier League. And I really look forward to you uh, upsetting some more teams along the way. Unbelievable. From a little team that we used to support in League 2 to drawing and not even screaming a draw, playing them for game for game, getting a draw with Liverpool, champions of Europe, and it's unbelievable. I'm emotionally, physically exhausted by that. It could have been 5 all, but we matched it for 90 minutes. Uh, that's unbelievable. To, to come from League 2 to here is just, just magic. It comes from the bottom up, it comes from us, it comes from the chairman, it comes from the owner. We all believe in this club, we're one together. You know, we say it all the time, we're one club, we're one together. And it shows on that pitch. They fight and they are oh, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I don't even know where to start. Like, that was emotional. It was amazing. Like, we're, we're, we weren't out of our depth there. Like, we, we fully deserve to be in that game. I just can't believe it. Like, we're in the Premier League, we're playing Liverpool, and we've just come away with a three-all draw. What's that about? Well, the way Brentford pressed the ball is outstanding. And the way and the way you put pressure on us is outstanding. And defensively, it wasn't a very good performance at Liverpool at all. But I thought, for long periods of the game, I thought, well, our quality will get us through. Our quality will sit. When Jones scored that goal, it was outstanding, Right. And when I thought that he put that in, I thought, well, let's sit now. But the way you keep going and you keep going and you keep going, I I knew about this beforehand. Um, But ultimately, you know, you get that extra goal. You don't give up. You live up. And and that's why I think that Brentford will be okay this season. You know what I mean? Like, again, with with the pressure you put on us, I think that is what, that is what caused us problems. I think, I think that Thomas Frank today didn't change his game. I think I think we're going to play how we play against everybody. That's ballsy. That's that. That is what that is what you guys are about. That is that is Thomas Frank saying, "Why should we change our game for them? Just because they play, just because they've won a couple of trophies in a couple of seasons, doesn't mean that we should play any different to how we how we play." Games. Ivan Tony is a good player. He's not just a centre forward. He's a footballer. He, he, he leads from the front, he defends from the front, and he's a quality player. I would like us to, like, maybe next season have a look at him. Absolutely brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. The fans are fantastic. The ground's absolutely beautiful. And you've all made us feel very welcome. It's been absolutely great. But I, I absolutely have to say that you fans today have actually made the day, for us Liverpool supporters anyway, because you've been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've never been in a pub like this where people shake your hand and say, welcome to Brentford. Chelsea that... fans don't do it. Arsenal don't do it. West Ham don't do it. It's the only, only team I know that does it. And yeah. it, it's been absolutely... Like every one of us 
is over the moon with everything. It's been brilliant. The stats might say that Liverpool had all the possession, but the chances that we had, the confidence of our team, Brian being fantastic, Tony, it's just brilliant. That was just so much fun, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, all right, it was quite stressful, but fuck me, it was fun. All these people watching other football teams, I feel sorry for them because they're not having as much fun as we are. They are no way having as much fun as we are. So Liverpool on Saturday, what a great game that was. And if you listen to the Sunday weekend review as well, there's myself, there's Laney and there's Gemma as well. And we were purring seven o'clock in the morning, but we were still buzzing at that time, just talking about that match. And it was a good little podcast. Just check that out on prideofwest.london. We all gave our main takeaways from that game. But um, Ali wasn't there. But So Ali, I'm going to ask you, what was your main takeaway or main takeaways from that Liverpool match? I'm glad you went to the plural there, Bill, because I've got quite a few, actually. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say that Aya is possibly close to being one of the best buys we have ever made. I just think he's fantastic. I think he makes... I think he's made Pontus a better... Pontus plays better with him next to him. And that off-the-line clearance was just... sort of like where his leg came from, I do not know. It was how he got there, I do not know, because it was so in and it's just he reads the game really well and it now he's he's got used to how we play he's got used to the Premier League I think he's a huge huge asset to us um, the second one would be what the hell does Pontus actually have to do to score a goal um, yeah, it's, it's coming at some point and hopefully when it does come it's going to be a really crucial really important really important goal um, you know you know, with, after Tony's back heel, he probably should have scored it rather than Pinnock and when he hit the bar. Um, so that's another thing. Raya. Raya is just it's just been magnificent. I, I think David Raya must be really glad that he that he chose well, maybe not chose to stay, but had to stay because I think he's really, really shining this season. I didn't actually realise when I was watching the game just how good that save was when he got up. It hit the post. I can't remember whose shot it was, and then he sort of like got up off the ground and, and saved the, the, the follow-up. Yeah, and it was just a, how the hell he did that. How the hell he got to that. And I think Raya has, in terms of his the saves he's made and his distribution, because obviously for um, the Brian's chance that never, never from Brian hit the bar. That was a fantastic piece of play again by him. He reads the game so well. You can see how he reads the game and you can see where everybody is. And I think he's a magnificent asset. And finally, I just want to say, the the stadium and the West Stand is it's just fantastic. And, you know, we all love Griffin Park and we all miss Griffin Park, but I don't think any of us dared to hope that our experience of this stadium was going to be as good as it is the acoustics are magnificent in that West End the noise is phenomenal and whereas at Griffin Park you would think the noise was phenomenal and then you'd go home and you'd look at the TV you'd watch it on TV and say well you can't hear us because the sound would just disappear under that roof on the Ealing Road and now you just hear it everywhere it's, it's just magnificent it's, it's I don't think we could have hoped for anything better than what we've got. And, you know, hats off to all the people who are involved in the design of it, uh, for bias, for getting involved in all the things they pushed for for that stadium. And it, it's just, it was just superb. And the atmosphere is superb. And the West End in particular. 
and, and, and that's you know and, and I think that's fair point as well and, and again you know I say this as a barometer when you listen to the opposition fans you listen to other people you know and they tell us exactly what they're feeling about our stadium and everybody that I speak to I mean I've been speaking to Arsenal fans Tottenham fans Liverpool fans today you know I was doing some filming today for uh, well for the FA actually I've got a little piece that's coming out in a couple of weeks time you know called uh, I think it's Black Proud and English I think it's called and it's going to be coming out on all the FA channels and all those people there they like sport different teams but they're going oh my god your ground enough makes some noise doesn't it and I'm like thinking yes it does like it makes a lot of noise and I'm thinking the Liverpool fans said the same thing everybody knows that that ground because they know it's a new stadium and they know it could have it could have been a could have been a Wigan or it could have been a Bolton Wanderers but it's not it's become our stadium which makes a lot of noise and that's a massive thing for football fans I think it was, it was Gary Lineker wasn't it that posted a, a tweet from his home in Barnes where he could just hear I can't remember which game it was but he could hear Hey Jude the first game yeah. Arsenal game and Hey yeah. Jude from his house in Barnes yeah yeah, which is like phenomenal isn't it really yeah, yeah that's right you know it's interesting because I'm just picking up on one of the things here because you talked about how you know when is Pontus going to store his first goal which is very very true because I you know when I look back at the replay and I just realised oh my god you know um, Pontus, you know, he missed two chances. Well, he, he didn't miss two chances, but, you know, he, he missed one goal. But the fact is that at the end it was put in at the far post, so it went in anyway. So it wasn't as if he missed out on a goal then. And then it was Pontus's header that went across, came across the crossbar, and then it was put in by Yanox. Uh, sorry, sorry, that's yeah, a feat. That's what I said. Hit the crossbar, and then after the, and then it was headed in, sorry, by Yanox after that as well. And he must be thinking, I'm being so unlucky. But, you know... <laughs> But then I looked back and I thought, but actually, those weren't the only sort of two goals that never were because there was a there were a lot of other goals in that game that never were, and it could have actually been as somebody said on the post match podcast on Pride of West dot London. Check it out; it's a brilliant podcast. But it could have been six five or seven six, couldn't it, Laney? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> talking about the atmosphere to start with, yeah, it's so important that you know we're all so happy with uh, with not only what's on the pitch, it's what's off it, and we're all contributing. But in terms of the scoreline, oh, 100%, you know, if every single decent chance had, had gone in or, or the goalkeeper, you know, or Raya had, hadn't have been as good as he was, it could have been 8-4, 8-5 to them or it could have been 6-3 to us. You know, it, it perm any variant possible. Um, and, you know, I, I think 5-all would have probably been a fairer result. Um, I just, I just wish maybe that you know, um, the the goal that was was written off by um, you know Tony when he slammed it in would have made it four three. He wasn't offside because I just lost my head, exploded. I I, I lost I lost my shit then, and um, it, it, that that was just too much for my little head to cope with. And, 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 and like I said to you, the, the goals that are just, I mean, obviously Salah's goal, I mean, he should have had a goal, like I said to you, which was scooped off by Asia, which you talked about before, which is uh, which was quite amazing. We also had, obviously, the Mbumo goal, which I thought that was a goal. I must have just turned around because yeah, I didn't, both, yeah, 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 I, 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 didn't I didn't see, yeah, that's right. I didn't see, a, I did not see a player there, you know. Yeah, there you go. You know what I'm saying? We've got a Bees fans all in the pub here with us as well and everyone's chipping in because they know that it should have been like, you know, it, we could have, not should have been, but we could have been yeah that's right you know um and then there's like i said and also but there's also one which is very interesting as well because we probably don't count that one as much but it's what it was like when the ball went over and ivan tony and he loves doing that he trapped the ball and he was going in on goal and then van dyke came in and he perfectly tackled him where if he didn't tackle him he'd have been one-on-one with a keeper bang in the back of the net and you know that would have been a goal and interesting because they're talking about that in 
Liverpool at the moment now where Van Dijk, you know, they're saying Ivan Tony has said the only person that could have tackled me to stop that goal was Van Dijk. If it was anybody else, that would have been, you know, that would have been in the back of the net. No one else could have tackled me. Or Christopher Ayer, remember that tackle at Villa? Yeah, yeah, that we could have done. Listen, but let's just let's just like, let's just forget about Ayer for now, and, you know, and let's just give it the fact that you know that would, that was a minuscule away from being a goal, which goes to show you, you know, what the scores could be. Now that has obviously sparked that, and the way that Tony played because he was brilliant against Liverpool has obviously sparked a lot of rumours again. What's going on, Liverpool fans? If you listen to the post-match podcast, Pride of West London, very cheekily off the microphone said to me we'll have that Tony off you at the end of the season of course when I switched the mic on they were a lot more polite about it like you know saying oh it wouldn't be mine it would be quite nice if he came to us at the end of the season would it and I'm like you didn't say that to me at the time you were like basically we're going to nab him off of you but we talked about this last season about Tottenham and there was a rumour about Tony to Tottenham listen if he continues to perform like this it's going to be quite difficult for us to well to keep hold of him isn't it I think the, the, one of the biggest tells would be tomorrow. I, mean, I, I think um, Southgate names his England team tomorrow. Uh, I think it's two o'clock. Um, and uh, what, why, why shouldn't Ivan Tony be named in that, in that team? Whether he play, gets a start is irrelevant. But to name him in that England, in England squad, I think, he's, I think he's deserved it. I think he's earned it. Um, and I think it will be a, a clever bit of manoeuvring by, by the England setup to, to make him an England player. Because if, if if England don't come knocking soon, someone else is going to, yeah. um, and and then that will be that could be a waste, you know. Harry Kane at the moment, he's he's not looking interested in football. Um, England's forwards, Calvert Lewin's injured. You know, there's there's there, you know it, Watkins. I'd like to see him in the England team as well. But Ivan Tony, he 100% deserves a chance. And then you then you open the tin of worms because if he's good enough for England, he's good enough for Man U, he's good enough for Tottenham, he's good enough for Arsenal, he's good enough for Liverpool, he's good enough for. He's good enough for Juve, he's good enough for PSG, he's good enough for any team in Europe now. You, you only get noticed when you're in the top flight. We're in the top flight. He is doing the business. Maybe we're scoring goals every week, but everyone's waking up to his game is more than scoring goals. Um, I, I, I name him tomorrow. Name him. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I can't, you know, can't say whether or not, because you know, obviously, you know, I was down at Wembley Stadium. Today. I mean, I was down at Wembley Stadium today, filming all day today in the sunshine, doing a lot of filming. You know, well, I've had a little word with Gareth, you know, and maybe I might have a little bit of an insight as to whether or not Ivan Tony is or isn't going to get selected personally I actually think even though I'd love him to I'm thinking that maybe the San Marino game in November might be more suited to, to, to giving a bit of an entry into England and I'm not saying I'm not saying that at all like you know what I'm saying you know I mean the fact that I was filming down at England today if you check out on my Instagram as well I've got a few photographs up there lovely being on the old pitch you know touch the old nets and everything like that went down the tunnel but um no nah, I don't know I mean I think Ivan Tony is brilliant um, I would like to see him get his feet under the table a little bit more before he has the pressure of playing in England. But he would turn around to you and say, "I don't care. I don't. Need, I don't need. I don't need no time pressure. I'll go there and I'll do the business." And if anything, anyway, you just slip him on the pitch to take penalties, don't you? Because you know he'll he'll put that in the back of the net. But look as well. Um, tell you what, though, that Liverpool game was unbelievable. We saw it with our eyes. However, statistically, we'd like to know what's going on out there. So I had a quick phone call to Will. 
the spreadsheet winker and I said, well, listen, this game looked like out. Uh, listen, I've heard the rumours that we had a higher XG than Liverpool, but I don't know if it's 100% true. And Will said, hold on a second, let me go into my lab and I'm going to find out. So Will went into his lab. He pressed a few buttons and this is what he came up with. Spreadsheet winker. So what are the two main takeaways from the Liverpool game? First of all, it was a prolific game for both attacks, with the Bees both creating and conceding their highest XG totals so far this season. We ended up with 3.13 XG, comfortably ahead of Liverpool on 2.67. To create five, yes, five, massive chances in Virgil van Dijk's penalty box is indicative of just how brilliant our attackers were in that game. Four out of five of those chances were from long balls, either from rare or from the midfield, highlighting how direct we're going at the moment and how effective we are at converting those into good quality chances. In addition, two out of the three goals were preceded by another big chance just before which was blocked or hit the goal frame. Think Janssen and Wieser. This shows that we are amazingly clinical at winning second balls inside the box an excellent way to poach goals. Second of all, from Liverpool's three goals, two were large chances in the box, Jota at 34% and Salah on 41%, and then there was Curtis Jones' deflected Thunderbastard all the way down at 2%. We actually gave away five big chances in our box as well, mainly on the left-hand side of the back three in Pinnock's absence. This, however, was against the best front three in the country at the moment, so we can hardly blame our defence. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker. Will, also great. I'll tell you something, gives us great work. To, um, every week he gives us a good breakdown of the, of the opposition. And he's going to come back a little bit later and he's going to be talking to us about West Ham as well. But like I said to you, interestingly, because we conceded and created the highest XG total so far this season. So it's like at both ends. It's madness. Like, you know, as you say, it could have been 6-all or 7-all or whatever. And uh, interestingly, though, four or five big chances for us came from long balls as well and uh, two of the big chances were directly preceded by other big chances so what we've been good at is winning the second balls in the box which is something which is again something that used to frustrate us quite a lot in the championship so so overall we're becoming really competitive we're becoming you know we're, we're, we're making sure that we're snapping at those second balls but also but the interesting thing is again Laney in this match we've gone long and, and a lot of people are talking about us being a long ball team, I mean, I mean, in the very first game, we talked about that with Robbie from uh, Arsenal Fan TV. He was on, um, he was on Five Live with me, and he's saying, "Yeah, Brentford are a little bit like Stoke City, like you know, long ball team." Are you getting defensive about that, or do you think it's just part of our DNA? I'm, I'm not actually getting defensive because I, I honestly couldn't give a monkey's what other fans think of us to be honest you know we're always going to be the underdog and you know they're, they're not going to say we're Brazil we're always going to be a bit of crap on their shoe for, for a while yet so I'm not I'm not overly concerned about what people say about us um, but the facts are I, I don't think we're long ball I, I think I think we're just clever um, I think the people that are doing the doing the research and working out the weaknesses of the opposition they're letting that dictate how we play our game you know, I think in the championship we would just carry on playing our way, knowing that we were going to create lots of lots of good chances. At this level, we can't we can't be I wouldn't say la- as lazy as that, or we, got, we can't be as blinkered as that. I think we do have to mix it up, and you know, if we've we've obviously identified a weakness in that Liverpool setup, and and, and we've gone for it, and and it and it's led to goals. So pat us on the back. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that 
display against Wolves. It was it was very different. We did we did hit it long. I think I said it in one of the you know one of the I think it was the um, after the the, uh, the the Aston Villa. I think what we're doing is we're confusing the opposition. They don't know what's coming next. We can play the pretty triangles. We can roll it out from the back and build from build from the wing backs and, and build slowly, or we can just go direct from a goalkeeper that can cut out the whole of the whole of the opposition, and and, and we've got a player going one on one with a goalkeeper. You know, they don't know what's coming next, and that makes it very very difficult for them to know how to defend against us. And the minute the minute we become predictable is the minute we start losing a lot of games. So I, I as again I don't care what people are saying about us I just have supreme confidence in the DOFs and the, and the coaches and the analysts and the players more importantly the players they're the ones with the intelligence to go out and actually do it um, they have bought into this philosophy hook line and sinker and they are the ones that are taking us to new highs so yeah I don't care what I don't care what Joe Blog says um, it's what it's what we see. That's all that matters. I mean, Ali, we, we, we did our Brentford Eye Catch and we had different names out there. I mean, I said Tony, David, Lainey said, uh, so David said, you know, Canos as well. But the interesting one was that when we put a poll up there, and it's difficult to know who to put up the poll, you know, David Rea came up with uh, over 75% of the vote. A lot of people thought that it was absolutely fantastic, and he came out with a lot of the vote as well. But we weren't able to put everybody up there. And you had a different player, obviously, like I said to you, it would have been your eye-catcher, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I have for me. I thought I was almost fantastic, especially in the first half. Less so in the second half, but the first half, I think, like I said, I think he just controlled controlled the game so he reads he reads the game so well um you know he's sort of like almost like a mini van dyke in, in his reading of the game and he's he's just grown into the premier league over the last few games and uh, he's just he, like i said he's one of the one of the best buys we've ever made for me i mean twitter polls twitter polls only give you four as well so no, no they do Twitter poll, he was man of the match. Yeah, yeah, again, it's who you put up there. I mean, we asked people to actually name other players who they thought that should have got the mention in there. People obviously mentioned Aya, um, some people mentioned Rico and, Bo- uh, and Bumo as well, and Yenel as well. And it's difficult because Yenel's always featuring, and it's really hard because then you start to realise actually there's. Well, there's what, eight players out there who people are thinking, actually, this is our man of the match. And normally, sometimes it's really quite focused on one particular player. So it just goes to show you how it's been spread around the team. I mean, it's also another thing as well. And if you check out Pride of West London, you check out the Sunday Review podcast because we've got lots of different sections on there. And the one thing that we ask people or ask ourselves is like, how fair was the result? Which means not only the, the, the result itself, but the score. You know, and, and Laney and Gemma went for 100% fairness because they thought it was 100% fair, the result. It's a three-all you know, between the two teams. I went for an 80% because I actually said that I actually thought that we should have maybe have nicked it 4-3. And actually, the Infigal fairness ratings have come out. And actually, it's come out as Brentford-Liverpool is actually a 93.1 fairness. It's in the green zone, so it says it's, it's fair. We were more right than you. Well, you, you, no, 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 slightly, there was slightly, uh, yeah, there's, oh, no, you're, you're just, you said 80 and we said 100, so 93, we're nearer, 93 is closer, yeah, we're closer, yeah, than, yeah. Yeah, but you, so but you, yeah, but you couldn't, you can't go any higher than 100, you see, so it's not fair, you, you hit the ceiling, so, you know, so it's, it's, I've been constricted, so, you know, you, you, you're winning by constriction. Just any old excuse not to be wrong, Bill. <laughs> I, think, I think either team had lost that. They would have felt hard done by. Okay, so 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 where would your fairness rating be out of 100? 
I, I, I'm with German Dave, 100%. Oh, well, there you go. So, oh, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still looking at Infragol here and uh, anyway, but, oh, but anyway, yeah, us, yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, anyway, but like I said, to you, we'll be doing that every week where we'll be just working out, you know, what is fair and what not fair. Interestingly, talking about the Man United Aston Villa, that was probably the most unfair result of the day, they said, with a fairness rating of 51.8. That was the only one that was in the red. And uh, the most fair result was actually Chelsea versus Man City, where uh, Man City beat Chelsea 1 0 as well. That was, that was nearly 100%, actually, 97% as well. And Leeds West Ham, uh, again, when West Ham beat Leeds 2 1, was 96 as well. So that was like, you know, basically almost, that was like a more of a 100%er, like, you know, and then it moves down into Brentford zone. So anyway, we're doing that every week on our Sunday weekend review podcast. I'm going to ask you, okay, ladies and gentlemen, though. I mean, some people um, that I speak to who are premiership um, regulars, people that know this league very well, what they do is that they doff their hats to us and they say, you guys have done very well. Then they stop. They said, you did really well in your timings of when you played these games. So they say, oh, you played Arsenal at the right time. Oh, you've played Liverpool at the right time. And I'm like going, what does that mean? Do you mean that, you know, if we played them, you know, three months down the line, we wouldn't have beaten them? You know, because, I mean, no one knows that. But it's kind of one of those things where people who have been, you know, around these leagues for a while, they always believe that they kind of just know how it operates. I'm just asking you that. But do you think there's any truth in that where, you know, we may have actually hit Arsenal at the right time where they're a little bit all over the place. I mean, they obviously beat Tottenham 3-1 on Saturday uh, or Sunday, actually, at the weekend. And, you know, you sort of think, oh, well, that's sort of slightly different to the team that played us, you know. And also they said that Liverpool, we played Liverpool at the right time because, you know, they're still going through some changes. They had a few injuries and, you know, and Trent Alexander-Arnold was, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then they, they went off and battered Porto 5-1 a few days later. You know what I'm saying? You know, so... But so I'm just going to ask you the question, Ali. What do you think? Well, I, I, I think the Porto result is sort of like Liverpool beat Porto 5-1, I think, which was pretty much the same team. So, you know, that's just nonsense, isn't it, really? There's, there's no good or bad time. You, you just have to play what's in front of you. There's, this thing about timing is just nonsense. You could say that, oh, you did a, you played Arsenal at the right time because they battered Spurs, but Spurs are all Spurs are all over the place at the moment. It's it's sort of like it's all nonsense. Okay, so, so I, 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 no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. So I'm, I'm listening. I'm sitting here being the devil's advocate, B here. So the question I'm going to ask you is that: Would you like to be playing Spurs next Saturday or Sunday instead of West Ham? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, yeah. Spurs are all over the place at the moment, but it, it's. But then at the same time, they might be all over the place this week. But then they might come out with a, a super, a super performance next week. You can never tell. It, it's football is not that predictable. If it was, but, but if you. It was, let me finish. If it was that predictable, we wouldn't love it so much. No, no, I understand that. So, but you're saying you would like to view. You think this would be an ideal time to play Spurs? No, what I'm saying is Spurs. If Spurs were to perform like they performed last weekend, yes, but they might come out. They might pull a fantastic performance out of the bag this coming weekend. Okay, yeah, and I get that. And listen, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pulling it out from you here because, again, to you, Laney, I'm going to ask you the same question. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the question because, like I said to you, you know. I, I sat back for a little bit and I thought, actually, to be quite honest with you, um, it's almost like you could say these things in retrospect, not forward spec. So at the beginning of the season, I had no idea what it's going to be like against Arsenal. And you saw how Arsenal played. And at the end of the day, it's like whether or not they were terrible or we just stopped them from playing their game, that may be whatever. But in retrospect, you know, I just thought, I'm, I'm actually really pleased we played them when we did because we beat them, you know. And if they played them in November, I wouldn't know if that was going to be the same. But maybe there is some argument to say that 
the teams that we've played, we have also have played them at the right time because we are being... A lot of the argument is also is that we're potty for it. And some of them say the novelty will wear off in January where the pottiness may not quite be there and teams would have you know, maybe sussed us out a little bit and it may be slightly difficult to get those same results. Do you think that is true? I think we've not allowed teams to get their own way. I think I think we've we've set ourselves up and prepared perfectly, and um, I think credit us. Um, and I'll I repeat what I said earlier. I honestly don't give a monkey's what what other fans say about us. I honestly don't. I don't. I don't. They they don't know enough about us to to comment on us. Um, the only people that are, uh, are equipped to comment are Brentford fans. Um, you know, so. They can say whatever they like. They're, they're, they're not equipped to, to have an opinion. They, they, can, they can say it, but I, I, I don't care about it. So um, I, I think we played really, you know, I thought Aston Villa played fairly well. Um, I, thought, I thought Palace played fairly well. I thought we could have won both of those games. We could have won every match. We, we, we could have been unbeaten. Um, so I, I just credit us. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit bored of kind of like saying, yeah, but you know they, they weren't very good. No, no, we 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 didn't allow them to be very good, and I, and, I, and I think I think that's the way I'm seeing it. So listen, let's let's, let's just, just chill out for a little bit here, yeah? and let's get a little bit of a musical interview. Let's go over to JB because he's got a load of stats and facts, and let's go over to JB with his facts and his funk. Hello, Jonathan Virtual here again. Well, it was a very entertaining week, where, for the very first time, we played the team in 92nd place in the league, and then the team in first place in the very next game. And just a good measure, scored 10 goals in the process. Firstly, just picking up on Laney's question last week, Marcus Force scored a first-class hat-trick against Oldham. You have to go back to Charlie McDonald's and a 3-0 win over Chester in February 2009 for the last time that happened. Now back to Liverpool. A 3-3 league scoreline isn't that common. It was only our 41st in the last century, and that accounts for just 1% of our results. The last was against Derby in 2019 at Griffin Park, with goals from jean Vier, Morpai and Ben Rama. It was only the third time ever we'd been 1-1 at half-time and finished 3-3. Possibly the most unusual event to get Liverpool was David Rea being beaten three times. In over 100 games in our colours, that's only happened once before, at way at Stoke last October. Back in October 1965, Tommy Higginson came off the bench against Millwall in a third-tier match. It was the first season that substitutes were allowed in league games, and he made history by being our very first goal-scoring sub. This was almost 20 years since we dropped out of the top tier. So when Johan Wisser scored against Liverpool, he wrote himself into the history books by being the first Brentford sub ever to score in a top-flight game. So there you go, JB, with his facts and his funk. And uh, David Raya. I mean, listen, it's interesting. He got 75% of the vote when we did the Twitter poll for Beside. But he's going to be disappointed because, like I said, it's only the second time he's let in three goals. The first time was at Stoke City 
when the Stoke City. I know, I know that dread, that dreaded game, and you know we go to Stoke City in a few weeks' time. Actually, I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to go to that Stoke on a on a Tuesday night. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm actually on a Wednesday night. I'm actually seriously considering going to Stoke in a League Cup game on a Wednesday because, uh, well, it might be the only opportunity for us to go there for a few years. But um, David Raya, he'll be very disappointed about that. Despite, and this is the weird thing as well because he had a brilliant game. So you look at that, you think you've let in three goals and you're still getting kind of like top scores. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like goalkeepers are always, it doesn't matter how good they are, how many fantastic saves they make. They, if they don't keep a clean sheet, it's all about clean sheets. So three goals for him, he will have felt personally that he won't have been happy. He'll have been determined, you know, that the whole defence will not have been happy that they conceded three goals despite the score. So, you know, after the ecstasy of the, the, you know, the moment of getting the result, then they've got to work out, well, we've conceded three goals. We're not happy about that. What are we going to do about it? And Ray will be very much part of that, which is, you know, you, you've got to love them for that. And it's sort of like... They love we love clean sheets. They love clean sheets. And, and and like I said to you, JB said it's one of the rarest B scores going. Actually, you know because I can't. I mean, I like I said to you, I struggled until you know JB said it. You know, any other three all games? Can you remember Chelaney? Not off the top of my head. No, I mean I, I remember one against she- well, Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday or no. Um, um, uh, Watford was that, that was a three-all draw, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. 1978. I think yeah. it was something like that. That's three-all, yeah. yeah Watford, yeah. probably the Watford one. I, I, there, I mean, there, Jamie talked about the Derby game, and we, we drew three-all with them a few years back. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six-all. Six-all. How many six-alls are there? Yeah, I don't think there are many, are there? <laughs> not very many. Not very many. Yeah. So you know, there, there's been a few, but not often. You know, they're, they're memorable. I don't, I don't think David Ray is going to be down in the dumps too much. I think his his stock has risen massively. You know. Having Jurgen Klopp telling him that he should have a number ten on his back, um, I, I, I think, I think is a is a couple of very very top English stroke European clubs that will be coming in for him very soon. So I think you know, I think maybe we, that's probably why Fernandez is probably doing his thing in the B team and is going to be doing this thing in the cup games. We talk about Stoke City; he'll be very much flinging himself around trying to make sure he doesn't let in any goals in against Stoke City. As Fernandez is probably kind of sort of pepping himself up to be Brentford's next number one. But we love David Raya, so we hope that doesn't happen for now. We love Fernandez as well, well you know. But anyway, we have a game on Saturday. It's against West Ham, and I tell you what. We actually don't know anything about West Ham because the last time we played them, like I said, it was in 1993. And I didn't even go to that game because I was over in America with my parents, like, you know, so I missed both the West Ham games then. And I think they've done quite a lot since we played them back in the day. So we thought we we're going to go over to an old chum of ours, an old manager of ours, somebody who played for West Ham, who's going to give us the absolute and total lowdown on West Ham. Martin Allen, let's hear what he had to say about West Ham. So, big game on Sunday as well. Brentford are making their first trip down to West Ham's, well, fairly new stadium, I see. The Olympic Stadium, as we call it as well. And uh, Brentford are taking on West Ham. We're doing very well this season as well. And we thought, tell you what, we need a bit of information on West Ham because we haven't played at West Ham since, cool, was it 1993, I think, or something ridiculous. So all the information that I have personally between now and then is a bit old and crusty. So we thought we'd go to somebody who knows everything about West Ham. He used to play for West Ham. He's all West Hammed up, but he's also a B at heart. We've got Martin Allen in the house. Martin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Yeah, man. So, listen, it's good to hear from you again. And tell you something, 
I mean, this must be a dream come true for you. you. There's two teams that you've been heavily involved with playing each other in the Premier League. Yeah, well, it is quite surreal, uh, Billy. I've been uh, lucky enough to come to the um, Valencia game to actually see the stadium for the first time. And then, uh, of course, the uh, I was lucky enough to uh, work for Brentford for the Arsenal game, which was um, quite surreal thinking that Brentford were playing Arsenal in the Premier League from our time together uh, with all our supporters that we had. That <laughs> night was very, very special. And then again, it ticked it again. It was a very similar feeling to uh, for Brentford playing in the Premier League, taking on Liverpool. Really? Um, really? Is that real? <laughs> so when when I was there on Saturday, I made sure I got up into my seat nice and early. <laughs> and um, it was quite surreal just seeing the whole thing evolve and what um, you know Thomas has done with the team and. Um, Mr. Benham has done with the whole football club and the stadium. Just, it's quite unbelievable what's happened um, to, to to our club. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I mean, Martin, and, and fingers, as we say, if you know your history and you know Brentford fans, you've got a big affinity to Brentford fans. Brentford fans got a massive affinity to you as well. And we don't forget our history. And we must remember that, you know, you were there in the day. You actually managed the team. You got us to the brink of the championship, in effect. And, you know, we had some great days with you. And, and I'm just thinking, you know, how does it feel? Because obviously you were kind of like in the embryonic stages of us getting to this now. How does this feel to you to sort of be part of that? <laughs> that's a good word isn't it embryonic <laughs> it's just so proud I'm so so proud no it's, it's remarkable when um, when I do come back to Brentford um, I, I, if you remember I used to call all the supporters what I used to think I used to call them the bankers um, because they turn up week in week out they'd always be 5,000 they're the bankers there's a lot more bankers now obviously it's in the Premier League but it was it was special times, and we got that up from five thousand to quite a few more. And when I bump into them around the club on match days or in the street going in, it's just really really special. They make me feel so welcome. Um, they're so happy to see me, and it's that doesn't happen at all clubs that I've managed that. <laughs> Trust me, it's not always been good like it was at Brentford. And I suppose the um, some of the players that we brought in and the FA Cup runs and the getting out of the great escape, obviously. You know, there were some special, special times. Fifth round of the FA Cup, two years running and nearly getting relegated and staying out of trouble. And those players, you know, were very, very important players that were sold to help keep the club going, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and listen, I mean, look, we, we've talked about it. You manage Brentford, you know, and the Bees fans, like I said, love what you've done for them, you know, love what you've done for the Bees. You love you love them as well. But we're also real enough to recognise, as I say, you've got links to West Ham. It's a team that you played for. You know, your family's fully ensconced, like I said, in West Ham as well. And, and, and that's not a problem at all. We've got not a problem with that at all because that's all good, you know. And like I said to you, so you know a lot about West Ham, you know. Um, just tell us, how has this season been so far? From what I can see, they're doing pretty well. Well, it is, it is the same or very similar um, when I go back over to West Ham. Um, they've got a lot of supporters, <laughs> 60,000 supporters, <laughs> 60,000 people go and watch West Ham now. And it is quite amazing. I don't call it the London Stadium. I call it the West Ham Stadium. Um, it, is, it is amazing. The atmosphere recently in some of these games because they have got a very, very good team. The players are similar 
there's a lot of similarities between Brentford and West Ham that they've got a lot of internationals not English internationals apart from of course probably one of the best players in our country at the moment in Declan Rice and the other best centre forward in the country at the moment in my opinion is Mikel Antonio he is fantastic he's got six goals in six games he came from non-league he's worked his way through the leagues to get to where he is fantastic player he is a real danger to any, any team um, it's, 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 it's going to be a great day out for everybody um, for this special occasion it's going to be very very special for me yeah and, and Mikel Tony as you talk about that you, do you know that he actually um, he actually trials at Brentford do you know that Martin? no I didn't know he was on trial at Brentford um, I do know that I took him on loan from Reading to Cheltenham and, um, and on Saturday nights after all the home games in Cheltenham I used to drive from Cheltenham down to South London this is part of the agreement um, he used to sit next to me in the car and um, I used to take him back to his family on a Saturday night because there weren't no trains back on the lake on a Saturday night and he'd get home today so um, I got to know him really well he's a lovely lad and um, I'm absolutely thrilled that he's managed to um, I think he's the best centre forward in the Premier League you can have Lukaku and all those other lot um, and that other guy that plays up front for Manchester United uh, no I'd have Antonio over them all day long yeah no I hear that yeah no he was um, back in the day he uh, I think he tried out for uh, Andy Scott's side when back, you know again back I think it was when we were in the lower tier either that or the, the tier before that and he tried out for Carl Hutchins who you know Carl old school Carl Hutchins original B he actually took him into Brentford he had a few games for Brentford and then uh, it just didn't work out they just didn't think it was quite right and I think after that is when he went to Reading so like I said to you it's one of those things that you know sometimes they work out for the player at the right time and I think I mean I'm looking at him I'm thinking he's strong he's fast and you know again you know talking about England radio I know England have got a lot of uh, strikers on their radar at the moment now but for him you know for him <laughs> you know to, I mean I don't is he England striker I don't know if he's if he's England if he's West Indian I, I don't know who he'll play for but I mean I would have thought he'd definitely be on the England radar wouldn't he Martin Oh, he's better than all of them. Don't worry about that. The one um, <laughs> in North London, he, he's not happy. He ain't playing very well. You can't tell me Antonio's not better than him. Um, who's all the other? Well, there aren't many other. In Calvin Lewin, he's injured as well. He's a good player, but Antonio's better than him. Antonio's better than all of them. There's just, just, just he's got six in six. He's just, yeah. the, he's just the best player. He's just like unplayable. He's unplayable. Yeah. Yeah. He, his link-up so, I mean, play, his link-up yeah. play around the halfway line might not be as good as some of the others, but where he's a danger is when the ball goes in behind, and getting in behind people where the goal is, he is the best. There's no doubt about it, and he can finish. Yeah, and I mean, I mean you're talking about that. I mean, talking about West Ham as well. Other players, there's another player very familiar to the Brentford fans, Saeed Ben Rama, who was much loved at Griffin Park. You saw him many times down at Griffin Park as well. He lit up the place. He was fantastic. And he went to West Ham, you know, and like I said, I'm going to say this, not going to lie. We, we didn't really want him to go to West Ham because we didn't actually think he would get the game time. Because we're the type of fans, if a player goes somewhere else, we actually give him a blessing, you know, as long as he doesn't go to Fulham, of course. But other than that, we give him a blessing. Uh, but we weren't sure whether or not he'd get the game time. And I think there's also rumours at the time that, you know, we weren't sure whether or not Moyes actually wanted him or whether or not somebody else, maybe one of your kind of, did, you know, your scouting people you know you know sort of statsy people might have picked him rather than Moyes because there's a feeling the first season that he, he, I don't know if he didn't really want to pick him but he seems to be coming into his own now doesn't he Ben Rama yeah well when you join a club like that it's um, it's not an instant um, step up 
It's not instant. It's a totally different, with all due respect to Brentford, I'm not saying this in any disrespect, it's a big step up for him to go from Brentford up into a club like West Ham, where there's a lot of internationals. It's a totally different scene. It's a totally different feeling. Like I said, they've got 60,000 supporters. It's, um, you know, in Essex, it's rabid. It's just like, wow, it's claret and blue everywhere you go. And, and of course, with the power of the team, and it is a good team, they were good at the end of last season as well. The team is growing. And when you join, it takes you time to get used to that level in your training, in your playing, and the quality of the players. And from going from being one of the best players at Brentford, he has to then earn that right at West Ham. And slowly now, he is getting up to that level and playing with that belief and that confidence that he can do it at a club like West Ham. Yeah, I mean, and also, who who else should we be looking out for at West Ham? I mean, I know that you said they've got a, a batch of players, they've got internationals, but again, we're new to this Premier League and we need a bit of advice there, Martin. Tell us, who should we be looking out for? You know what's special about them? Declan Rice, obviously, you know about Declan Rice. I've told you about Mikel Antonio. They are two individual outstanding players. But what is the, the impressive thing about this West Ham team? It's the collective unit of men, which is very, very similar to what I'm watching and I'm seeing at Brentford. It's that unity, that uh, no stars, no big, big name Charlies. It's um, everybody committed to the club. And I saw a sign at Brentford on Saturday quite often through the afternoon. And it's, it's resonated with me since leaving. Uh, it was called Be Together. So all Brentford fans would know what I'm talking about with that. And um, the Brentford Football Club is clearly, he has, the manager and the owners got that be together absolutely spot on. And I think at West Ham with David Moyes, he has got that unity and that collective spirit. That, As we saw, example, Leicester City a few years ago, uh, it's powerful stuff where they trust each other, rely on each other. The lads coming into the team, if they've been sub, come in and do really well. The ones that are not playing respect the ones that are playing. And that is so powerful. And that's why I think the, the game at the weekend is going to be so special. I mean, let's just have a look at West Ham because, again, the thing, you know, Martin, is that we know, we, we know, you know, we, we know what Brentford are. And for us, we just want to stay in this division get a bit more money next season and be able to strengthen. So our main aim is to stay in this division. So the fact that we picked up as many points as we did in our first or kind of four matches made us quite happy. You know, then the Liverpool match came in and we picked up a point there, which surprised us all. But we were very happy with that. But we know that, you know, four matches we got on the top, which was Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea and Leicester are going to be very tough. And, you know, if we picked up anything from those four games, we thought at the beginning of the season, we'd have done very well. Now, looking at what West Ham's characteristics are, OK, they're very strong at finishing scoring chances they're very good at counter-attacks they're very good at coming back from losing positions they're strong at creating chances attacking down the wings creating chances through individual skill defending through set pieces and, and aerial duels where they're weak at though is protecting the lead defending against attacks down the wings defending against skillful players now that's interesting because Brentford strengths are shooting from direct free kicks scoring uh, finishing their scoring chance as well. In the air, we're very good. Defending set pieces, we're good. Stealing the ball from the opposition, we're good as well, but where we're weak. 
And it's then you see it against, against Liverpool is keeping possession of the ball. So I'm just looking at those kind of like little matchup, Martin. You know, where do you think these are the strengths and, 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 the, and the duels are going to be, the strengths and the weaknesses of both teams? Right, you've been doing a bit of stato work, haven't you? Where'd you bring all that off from? Gordon Bennett. <laughs> That's right, Martin. Like you know, you, well, this is Brentford you're talking about. You know that we like our numbers. We like watching our football as well. We've got our numbers as well. Both teams are dangerous. Both teams have weaknesses. Um, West Ham have just signed Zuma from um, Chelsea. He's improved uh, the back four. Um, the back four um, are very good. Declan Rice is very good. The goalkeeper is very good. Suchek, the midfield player, he's a top quality midfield player. Top quality, gets into the box and scores goals. He's in real danger. Ben Rama, you, everyone knows about Ben Rama. Antonio, everyone knows about him. Declan Rice, for me, is the best central midfield player in the country at the moment. He's, he's the best. God, you can go through it with both teams. Yeah. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pull you up on something. Yes. When you said just now that um, you know you're hoping that Brentford stay up and stay in the division and we're going to get some money to strengthen the team, well, I do not agree with you and your philosophy. I have seen that team play, and yes, the game against Arsenal, Arsenal had about three or four decent players not playing that night, so it wasn't perhaps a true reflection of the uh, the Arsenal team that played against um, that lot at the weekend in that derby. Um, <laughs> Brentford, are, Brentford are a good team Brentford won't go down Brentford will not go down Brentford will be mid-table pushing up the manager has got total self-belief in himself and I think it spreads throughout the players the staff and the supporters he oozes confidence he's got self-belief and he's put that into those players Brentford will not go down no way. No. Listen, well, I hear you, Martin, and I have to say this. Well, we did our weekend review podcast on Sunday. Check it out on Pride of West. London. And I actually said in that podcast, I said, I have to admit, our aims when he first started the season, when we played Arsenal, was to stay up. We just wanted to reach 17th place if we could do. But I said, after that Liverpool game, I actually said, we're not going down. I really do believe that we're not going down. I think we're good enough. I've seen enough of that team and that self-belief that you've seen. And it's not only that. Every time I speak to the opposition fans, every single opposition fan we speak to, even Brighton that beat us said, you know, even we, they beat us and they said, we shouldn't have, you should have beaten us. You know, you didn't take your chances. So for me, I'm with you there 100%, Martin. And I'm, I'm glad because, like I said, you're the expert in this game, like, you know, which is, which is all good. I'm no expert, mate. Trust me. <laughs> that's right. Listen, you talked about Zuma. I mean, Ivan Tony versus Zuma, yeah. that's going to be a bit um, of a battle, isn't it? I thought he was okay against Arsenal. Um, Ivan Tony, just okay. But then against Liverpool, I thought he was absolutely superb. And teams with centre-forwards like him don't go down. He is quality and I think he will get better. He's, um, he's raw, he's hungry. Um, he was defending back in his own box, 1v1 with the winger. And he knocked it off for a corner, if you remember. <laughs> and I thought, blimey, he's got such a great work ethic. He is totally committed, committed to the team. And as long as they all stay focused on Brentford only and don't listen to agents who are going to start filling their head with hot air that big, big clubs want them and they're going to treble their wages to get treble figures per week, 
as long as they all keep focused and they all stay together for the next two years, that is going to be a decent Brentford team. That's right, that's right. And you talked about your boy Antonio as well. He's also going to have a lot of battle in there. With, with, well, I say Jansen stroke Pinnock. We don't know if Pinnock's going to play because he came off with a hip injury at the, the weekend. But, you know, him versus, well, I say Jansen, Pontus Jansen. I mean, that's going to be, he's going to have his work cut out for him, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can have all three of them there. And if Antonio's on his game, Antonio will score. There's, there's, it, can be, it can be three against one. The boy is so strong. He is an absolute powerhouse. Um... And he might not do anything. They might be dominating him, dominating him, winning all the challenges, busting past him. But then one ball will go in behind and he'll, 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 you don't stop him. He's unstoppable. He's so quick. He's so strong. He's so powerful. He pushes his arm out and people fall over. That may sound stupid, but that is what happens. And he goes through with self-belief and uh, he finishes. He's a technically very, very good finisher. Um, so yeah, he will be a definite worry for the uh, the centre backs and for and for Brentford in this game. Yeah, I mean, talking about West Ham, I mean, you're obviously very positive about them because, like I said, they have in, they have just improved over the years. Realistically, how do you think they will get on this season? I mean, a lot of my West Ham friends are actually talking about you know going back to Europe again and you know <laughs> pushing even a bit higher. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you say it. You said it with a laugh. <laughs> going a bit higher. Well, I don't see it as a laugh. This is really being realistic. It was only at the end of last season when Declan Rice got injured and he wasn't playing that they lost a couple of games. But they have been in the Champions League. This is real. This is real. They are real. They have got good players. The right back from Sparta Prague or somewhere, five million quid. He's playing in the Champions League. You want to see him play? He's a fantastic player for five million. The midfield player Suchek, I think he was fourteen million. You're playing in the Champions League. Proper, proper, decent player. Six foot one, gets in the box, goes up and down, gets his foot in, brave as, good at set plays. Good players. They've got good players throughout. And as I said, that commitment, camaraderie, unity. He's, David Moyes has managed to blend them all together. And um, boy, they are strong. Yeah, so look, Brentford playing West Ham Sunday. I'm just wondering, I mean, listen, we've got a work cut out for us, but how do you think the match is going to pan out? Because it's, it's going to be a good game again. We've got some great players between us and it could be a really good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great occasion. <laughs> like the um, the Liverpool game for all Brentford fans a couple of days ago it was a magnificent occasion to be there. Like I was proud to be there. I was looking around thinking, this is, this is, this is magic. This is just... And Sunday, what well, is it Saturday or Sunday this game? Sunday. Sunday, lucky it's not Saturday. Oh, lucky I didn't turn up on Saturday, I've done that before. <laughs> um, Sunday is just going to be absolutely magic. Absolutely magic for all of us. I support Brentford and I also support West Ham. <laughs> so if you're going to ask me who's going to win, I am not going to answer that question. I am going for a great occasion. Um, between two very, very special clubs. And I'll probably sit there with a tear in my eye, just like, oh my God, this is amazing. The Brentford fans will be sat just to my right. They'll sing non-stop like they have done in both the games that I've seen them play for the duration of the match, whatever the score. Um, for the West Ham fans, 
they're absolutely loving it. They're absolutely loving what's happened. Um, you know, with the players that have been recruited, it's, it's been the key and it's changed it. The whole place in the last few years, two or three years ago, there was demonstrations because they weren't happy. And now they've got happy, they've got their players in and they are looking very, very good. Listen, Martin, this is good. I'm not going to ask you a score prediction because it's not fair. And listen, we're going to have a great day anyway. But listen, Martin Allen, listen, we've had some great times and we'll have some great times in the future. Like I said, you're in the Besotted, you know, um, pride of West London, end of season bees up a few years ago. And ironically, that was the last one that we've had because obviously pandemic has cut things down. So a live event where you were there, 250 bees fans. We absolutely loved it. We got the recording, which we still need to put up, actually. I'm going to, I'm going to edit and put it up very, very it soon. It could have been that good if you haven't put that up. <laughs> It was absolutely brilliant, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to do that and boost it, but we're going to go live again quite soon and hopefully we'll see you again at another one of our events. But listen, you can also catch Martin as well on the West Ham Way. He's also on the West Ham Way podcast as well. He's chatting West Ham there as well. How and you'll you catch know him. That? Hey, listen, I know loads of bits and pieces, mate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I've been tracking you down. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, listen, it's been great chatting to you. Might even bump into you on Sunday as well, you know. We've just dropped you a little line and we can catch up for a little uh, a little cup of tea before the match. See you, Billy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you go, Martin Allen, or Martin Mad Dog Allen, as some people call him as well. I mean, I remember, again, back in the day when he was playing for Bees, he did not like being called Mad Dog because he wanted to be respected and known for his managerial work that he'd done, and I think that's fair enough. So we will call him Martin Allen, or call him Martin. And I had a good old chat with him as well, good to catch up with him. As we all know, Martin used to play for West Ham. His family is West Ham. He, he told a story about his brother when he went to the Southampton match. He was a, a West Ham fan and he actually ended up in the in the Southampton end because he couldn't get any tickets. Martin got him a ticket in the home end as well. And he said that, you know, basically his family are proper, proper hardcore West Ham as well. So, this, listen, we haven't got any problems with that at all. Listen, we know we're, you know, your, your family loyalties lie, but also we know that he's got a lot of love for the bees. And uh, he gave us a good insight there, didn't he, Laney? Yeah, you, you never get bored of listening to Martin Allen talk. He's, he's so full of passion, wisdom, uh, experience, he, he's, and humour. He, he's he's, a, he's a, a proper, proper character. Uh, and as you say, he's divided. You know, he's, he's, he played for, uh, played for the Hammers. Um, his family uh, are like ensconced in that sort of tradition, that East London vibe. I know he played for QPR as well. But um, it, it, it's good to hear him talk with so much, uh, as I said, deep first-hand experience. And he's right, we, we're up against it, but we've been up against it every game. So uh, hopefully we're playing them at the right time, Bill. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, the thing is that, you know, we, we talked to the fixture secretary and he made sure that every game right has been time. played at the right time. So, you know, so basically, you know, we're going to get the maximum points that we can ever get in the Premier League because we've got it completely and utterly sorted. But, you know, but Mark, right yeah, that's right. But look, I said to you, Martin Allen, I mean, it's like I said, it's really interesting. One thing I want to say to you, and I'm going to go back to Laney as well because I'll come to Ali in a little bit, but did you notice... His reference to uh, Tottenham and anybody that plays for Tottenham, he didn't actually mention them at all. Yeah, he did a bit of a gillum, didn't he? He called them that lot. And uh, yeah, he's and Harry Kane was like, him, him, him. Yeah, but was, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of Spurs fans that called him that as well, or, or did when they thought he was going to Man City. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did notice that. Yeah, there's, um, there's obviously some beef 
definitely I'm definitely a load of beef there but I mean again I was a bit nervous you know when Martin was chatting about you know their team because you know he, he listen he said look it's going to be a great game but in the end he basically said they're very very good Mikel Antonio, as we know, like I said, he tried for Renford forehand, you know, didn't quite happen, but these things happen. But he just says that he believes that he's the best striker in England and he should be playing for England. So maybe if anyone is the person who's vying for that spot on, uh, well, when Gareth Southgate says, it's going to be Mikel Antonio. But he also talked about Declan Rice, you know, controlling that midfield. So, But that's possibly going to be one of the key battles because the midfield battle is something that you would find that if we lose that midfield battle, we're in all sorts of trouble, even though, you know, there's an argument some people say that we're... We're at Stoke City now, so we don't need a midfield. But no, it's an argument. we need to win the second balls as well. But that that could be a bit of an. Do you think it's going to be a bit of an issue, Ali? I think I think Rice versus Norgard and or Janel, depending on how how they play, how we play, is is going to be is going to be a really really interesting battle. In the same way that Tony against um, Van Dijk was such a good battle, such an interesting battle on Saturday. Uh, I, I'm really I'm Declan Rice is a I think he's one of the best players in the country. I think West Ham are incredibly lucky to have found him. I think he's a superb player. It will be very difficult to play against him, but you know, Norgard and Yano on on former. I think that I think they're a match for him, uh, and it's a key battle. The other key battle that's possibly there that will be really interesting for fans is uh, potentially Canos versus Ben Rama. If Ben Rama plays on the left, so that could, that that's another key battle I think for me because if Ben Rama get, keeps getting away then well we know the damage he can do do you think and, and I'm asking the question is it Canos versus Ben Rama or is it sort of kind of Ben Rama versus Canos and Aya uh, it's, it's probably going to be Ben Rama versus Canos and Aya and I think Aya's got he he oh, bails out is the wrong word he's not bailing out because Canos has really come on in terms of how he, he works defensively and he's put in some really good tackles his, his positioning is a lot better it has improved immensely but yeah it would be it would be Ben Rama against the two of them but then you know you've got to be careful either to get dragged too far over and leave that that you know that gap in the middle that which we saw um, in the in the preseason friendlies is against West Ham there was that big gap between I you know, Ayer and the rest of the defence. So, you know, but he's learnt. Like I said, he's he's got used to how he plays. Got used to the Premier League, and I, I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. Yeah, not much of an issue. I mean, look, well, not much of an issue. I know exactly what you're saying. But listen, let's just go over to Will, the spreadsheet winker, who's going to give us a little bit more of a statistical lowdown on West Ham. Let's have a think about West Ham then. First of all, they create an average of 2.06 xG per game and concede an average of 1.6. So their attack is slightly better than the Bees, but their defence is slightly worse, letting in on average a goal more every other game. Their only loss so far came against Man United, Ronaldo scoring after their keeper spooned the ball to him unopposed. They have a much more relaxed style than the Bees, with just over 15 passes per defence in action, meaning that the Bees attackers will get a long time on the ball before the Irons defenders challenge them. They also go long much less often, offering 4% fewer long passes than Bees do this year. From a league position perspective, this is a very even match. The Hammers sitting two points ahead of us and two places ahead of us in the real league table, and just one place ahead in the XG difference table, which subtracts the XG teams concede from the XG that they create. Interestingly, on that table, we're actually ahead of Chelsea at the moment, which is great fun. It'll be interesting to see how the Bees players deal with more time on the ball, 
and how we can keep their excellent attackers like Antonio, who got five goals from 4.43 xG so far this season, quiet. It's going to be a very interesting match. So, actually, hold on a minute. What's, what's going on here? I've literally just got back from the bar, got myself a pint, and everyone's gone. Oh, here's a note. Dear Bill, sorry to do this to you, but we don't need to know about no XG to know West Ham are going to give us a bit of a tough time. We're actually heading off early to get some petrol so we can actually make the game on Sunday. See you in the pub before the match. P.S. Laney says 3-2 B's win and Ali says 1-0. Bet you can't beat that. Ha. Cheers. So, uh, actually, this has thrown me a little bit because I've, I've never had this before. My mates have just literally have done a runner. But no big deal. I can still finish the podcast off on my own. And I'm actually going to go for a 2-1 win to Brentford. I know, a little bit left field as well. But I thought after that 2-all Liverpool win as well because I've got the 2-all draw. Well, a 3-all, but 2-all, like I said to you. Against Liverpool, I said we got 3-all. I thought that's pretty close. But anyway, this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. Please subscribe on all good podcast channels as well. Also, check out after the game the post-match podcast from the terraces with the West Ham fans and the Brentford fans straight after the final whistle on Sunday. And also on Monday, we will have our weekend review podcast as well. We have to get up very early for that one on Monday morning. Also, you can buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thanks, everybody, for your support on that. And I'll catch you on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to be trying out the safe standing rail seating, which is very exciting as well with, uh, with binoculars thrown in. So I'm Billy Grant. Thanks for listening. See you on Sunday. Come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.